0: a code red for humanity curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different
1: when kermit the front sang it's not easy being green i want you to know that he was wrong he was wrong there is no planet b there is no planet blah Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change.
0: If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero Carbon East Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista series three, the sky's at the limit. I'm Ian Collins. We are now well into this latest season. And we've only just begun tapping the gas pedal, or should that be the electric pedal. On a day where more unusual weather batters the UK, we stoically continue to bring you the biggest stories on the green agenda. The man standing with his monocle of incredulity is the green entrepreneur and environmentalist Dale Finns. Dale, morning.
1: Well, that was a surprise. A monocle of incredulity.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's how I see it now. Look at it. Walking around the place looking. Never stopping investigations. That's how it should be. (laughs) Let's look at this first story. It it comes under the title of No Shit, Sherlock. Oil firms' climate claims are greenwashing according to a study. Tell us something we didn't know. Exactly. And
1: uh, as somebody in the office here said to me when they saw that, it took a study, and and more than just a study, the study was peer-reviewed as well. And it does confirm what many of us already know. You know, these guys talk crap when it comes to green stuff, (laughs) (laughs) you know, climate action. Yeah, and have been for a very long time, you know, and, and we saw it most recently with the, uh, the defense to the idea of a windfall tax, yes. people like BP and Shell saying, oh, but we're investing like so much in renewable energy and it would slow down the transition, blah, 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 you know, when the reality is they're, they're investing far more, so much more in fossil fuel exploration, even now than they are in renewable energy.
0: Yeah. Somebody says to me, it's like a convicted arsonist selling fire extinguishers and expecting to be taken seriously. You know, how do you write the press release for that? Well, we're very serious about fires over here at the Acme Fire Extinguisher Company.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but you're also
0: a pyromaniac. Yeah, don't worry about that. But the fire extinguishers now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think, you know, they have an army of bullshit merchants, don't they, that that write this this stuff. That's
0: actually the official name of the department, apparently. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, you know, they just they just write this stuff as if they live in a parallel yeah. reality or we do or something like that, or if we're gullible, you know. Um, and, and actually, it does work, of course. You know, it puts up a facade that a lot of people do buy. Yeah, um, true. You know, and, and obviously a lot of people in the government uh, buy that as well.
0: Here's a question from Chris on Twitter. How much wind is too much wind for a wind turbine? Well, that's a good question. I reckon 50 to 60 miles an hour
1: and our wind turbines are starting to uh, feather their blades and think about shutting themselves down to avoid storm damage the peak right. wind actually the best wind we can have is about 20 to 25 miles an hour all
0: right I'd have thought, you know, as a layperson looking on, I'd have thought like a 1,000 miles an hour would be brilliant.
1: <laughs> think of all the lecky. There's this crazy thing called the cube law relationship. So when you double the speed of the wind, you, you get eight times the energy in that wind or from that wind. Wow. And and that's the reason why, you know, people have to put down brollies in strong winds, ships have to drop their sails and yeah, that I kind of stuff, so. because, you know, incremental increases in wind speed uh, cause yeah. really big increases in energy and potential damage. So 25 miles an hour is the sweet spot. Our windmills are maxing out at 25.
0: We don't need yep. more than that. Can't use more than that, actually. Gotcha. So, so you can't have too much wind, That's which right. is interesting. Um, our climate activists just preaching to the converted. I don't know if you saw this uh, this uh, piece. Uh, it appeared in the Independent. I think it was elsewhere as well. Uh, it is always a danger, isn't it? That um, I mean, you're you're very good at uh, I think usurping that problem. Um, We've talked about the work you've done with the Daily Express. When you come on with us on Salk Radio, you know, there's a lot of of skeptics out there. And there is a problem there, isn't there? I mean, it's no use just sticking stuff on the front of The Guardian because half of their readership are already on board. Yeah, that's right.
1: Actually, we struggle to get The Guardian to carry any of our stories, which always amuses me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What's that all about? (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea. But of course, I got a new friend in Nigel Farage as well, you know, to add to my. Yeah. List yeah. You support. and
0: Nigel. Yeah. That's the, yeah. yeah I yeah. can see you in a kind of Winnie Bago going around Europe. I, I two could, of you. Yeah. You
1: know, I can see it working. All I got to do is convince this guy that energy independence is all about green energy and jobs and economy and taking back control and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, uh, he's a pretty effective campaigner communicator, isn't he? You know, he'll just get out there and he might make some stuff up, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, you don't need to make stuff up about this. It's, it's all real. but.
0: I've told him this before. I, I, I've said to him, look, this is a – if you want to look at it from this perspective, this is a capitalist dream, if you look at it like that. Yeah. Because the amount of uh, initiatives, innovation, and jobs, that will, and therefore profits, that will be created from taking this seriously and moving forward with it are absolutely vast. And there's – you know, we've discussed this before, Dale. There's a contingent in the Republican Party in the United States who have no trouble getting on board with this very obvious concept. Mm. Yeah. And and energy independence, you know, is about being
1: independent from these global markets over which we have no control. You know, they, they dominate our economy, as we can see in the last six to eight months through this energy crisis. You know, this is all about speculation. There's no shortage yeah. of fossil fuels in the world. It's all about speculators making a killing and oil companies making a killing. And, uh, you know, the victims of all of this, ordinary people that struggle to pay their energy bills. We can be free of all of that with green energy that's, you know, from our own country, detached
0: from global fossil markets. It's wonderful thing question from katie on facebook got any plans for cop 27 yet dale are you going yeah i wouldn't call them plans
1: i'm not much of a planner but i have an idea i'd like to go and i'd quite like to get there overland in a solar powered campervan.
0: nice where is it egypt
1: of course so at least there's a bit of solar power out there for the that's a van. heck of a journey though <laughs> yeah yeah it is a heck of a journey there's
0: a, there's a boat involved but that's it isn't it yeah there'll be some boats definitely I haven't kind of worked out or anything, but I'm working on the camper van. Just the thought of you going sphinx-bound, like, dressed as a pharaoh. I love the idea. Here he comes. <laughs> well, <laughs> sort of entourage of the faithful following Dale. He approaches the pyramids for the uh, the next summit. We, we can make this happen.
1: Yeah, I, I can see it now in your mind's eye, and I can see it. Yeah, it's
0: just I'm just I'm about the optics on these things. <laughs> I just got <laughs> it in my head that this could work. Uh, but we will, we will watch with interest. Um, I saw this story again. It also comes under the. Uh, bracket of tell us something we didn't know. Uh, London Mayor says NHS needs to warn patients about the risk of air pollution. Mm. Uh, Lots of people, including yourself, have been talking about this for absolutely decades. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they do need to do that, but they also need to warn people about the risk of crap food. And quite often what you get in hospital is the crappest food at a time in your life when actually you need the best food to help you recover. So there's a great big kind of anomaly there, I think, in terms of NHS catering. And I saw a related story this week which is that the ban on um, fast food advertising on the London Underground had actually had an impact on wow. on people's food choices in London. And I thought that was fantastic. I mean, it just shows that advertising does work, and advertising control also does work.
0: Stephen emails in, says, uh, Hi, Dale and Ian, thank you for the podcast. I'm inspired by your insight and passion. Dale, have you heard of the cooperative-owned wind farm scheme headed up by Ripple Energy Basic Premises? You buy shares. In a wind farm and it covers as little or as much as you put in and you get slightly reduced bills. What do you think? Is this something Ecotricity might consider a a cooperative scheme, Dale?
1: Yeah, I've seen it um, for a while now. The idea has been around and a few people have uh, done it before. Um, And, you know, it's a nice idea. I, I don't exactly have a problem with it, but if I did, it would be it would be only the fact that it's it only works for people that have got money to invest. And, and obviously, real fuel poverty is happening, at a, a, you know, in a different place to that. And I think, for me, public ownership of renewable energy schemes would be the best thing. So we propose something here in Gloucestershire we did a survey of the land and we found that we needed just 100 windmills to make enough electricity for all the homes in the county. Uh, It was about 700,000 people. Um, And we did a bit of number crunching and said if these were owned by the local councils, it would bring something like seven million pounds a year into local council budgets to spend on the stuff that they spend money on. Um, and, And so it would be a a form of public ownership, which I think is the best way to uh, develop renewable energy projects and to get everybody to share. Because when you put the money into local authorities, everybody gets to benefit from that. And right. nothing against uh, people investing, of course, and stuff like that. But it's just only for people that have got a bit of spare cash, which is not everybody.
0: Gotcha. Um, here's a headline. Any energy regulator faces legal hearing over bust suppliers' millions. Uh, and this is uh, essentially the energy regulators' ability to claim hundreds of millions of pounds uh, from the remnants of collapsed suppliers – now facing a legal intervention bought by top insolvency professionals. It's really interesting because
1: there's definitely been some dodgy dealing going on with these bankrupt energy companies. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Siphoning off of tens of millions in advance of the administration, you know, the paying down of of debts and uh, inverted commas around that, all kinds of stuff. Obviously BP looked like they cashed in Pure Planet's hedge position, which was worth half a billion pounds, and they did it on the pretext of claiming a 50 million pound debt, which bankrupt of the company. Um, BP say they didn't cash in the hedge, uh, but, you know, it all seems pretty improbable because only, only last week the government, HMRC, changed tax law so that if it happens again in the future, they can claim about 90% of that cash back from somebody right. like BP. So they didn't change that law because something didn't happen.
0: I was about to say, yeah, that's
1: in reaction to something. Absolutely, And, you know, right now there's another scandal going on that we're just wrestling with. We're, uh, we're being slapped with a £6 million bill by Ofgem. And this is our share of the cost of failure of government and Ofgem policy. So these 29 bankruptcies, 4 million stranded customers have cost us wow. so far £4 billion just to get through this winter. Now, the government are currently holding half of that via the nationalisation of Bulb. And the other half is being shared cost-wise amongst energy companies who then have to add it to their energy bill. So it goes on to the bills of everybody. And our share of that at the moment is £6 million. And it's like, it's incredible just to be slapped with this bill in the middle of an energy crisis for something that we didn't do, actually. (laughs) Yes.
0: Staggering. Uh, Question from Ellen on Facebook. Love seeing your interviews and listening to you speak, Dale. Uh, You're great at simplifying the message. How do we go about booking you for a sustainability event We are organizing. This is where I see you with a big cigar in your mouth saying, call my people.
1: (laughs) My people called Will.
0: (laughs) Yes, call Will. He'll sort it out.
1: Uh, Send us a message. Send us something on Zero Carbonista. You know the address,
0: don't you? Yep. Zero Carbonista at ecotristy.co.uk. Here it goes. That easy. What about this headline? U.S. mega drought worst in 1,200
1: years. The most incredible thing. And the picture that came with the story, some massive lake shrunk to the bottom and like a 100 houseboats all clustered together in the puddle at the bottom of the lake. I mean, mean, my God. I've I've read a few months ago uh, people predicting that the West of America is going to become uninhabitable due to this water problem. And
0: you can see that happening. Worst drought in 1,200 years is not a little thing. I remember going to – I might have told you this. I went to an event. Yeah, do you remember Alan Clark, the old Tory MP that was famous for writing his diaries. He was a bit of a bit of a lad and a very amusing kind of raconteur sort of character, very bright and you know very public schoolboy esque. And so he released the latest um, edition of his diaries, and somehow I ended up at this event at Waterstones where he was going to read some of it and then do a Q and A afterwards. And somebody said to him, "In years to come, what do you think is going to be the cause of?" of Wars or, or battles, disputes, I think was the word. Uh, and he said, water. And the audience sort of looked, this (laughs) man talking about water, like there's loads of it around us. It's all in the sea and stuff. Uh, But, of course, that's not all usable water, as people think. And I think he might have been on the money. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, it's one of the big problems that's
1: uh, coming out of the climate crisis is the shortage of drinking water. And it's not just affecting the developing world where, you know, you might normally see droughts and famines and stuff like that. It's affecting California and the west coast of America, you know, um, and it's intensive agriculture that's a big consumer of water out there. And, uh, you know, they, they need to rethink that. And also just the way that we waste water, you know, in yeah. the West, we just pour stuff down the, down the plug hole that's, you know, pretty decent water actually. Um. We have a device in R and D, which is really interesting. It's a water kind of recycling machine and it will take any kind of water like rainwater, drain water, gray sure. water, which is dishwater uh, or black water, which is toilet water. And it will turn it into tap quality drinking water. In- Seriously. Absolutely. In 24 hours. And we've been working on it for about five years and it started out the size of a room. We've got it down <laughs> to one cubic meter. And, wow. and, 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 and this device will take a whole house off of the water main
0: and the sewage main. Literally recycles the water you Absolutely. use it. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Because it's it's right, isn't it? That not you people think just go to the sea. You know, and just kind of siphon a load of it out there. You know, get a funnel, a massive one, and do it that way. But it's not true, is it? That you can just use seawater. Well, you can't drink seawater, can you? I mean, well, you can't, certainly can't drink it without it going
1: through a, a big old process. Yeah, and it's quite an expensive process, desalination. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's done around the world where, where yep. you know, there's a real need for water and no other way to get it, but it is expensive. But, uh, you know, wasting less is always the most economic way of doing anything. So, like energy efficiency in our homes, you know, plugging the leaks so that we waste less energy, less heat, for example. So it's always much more efficient than trying to make energy. Um, of course. And so it's much more efficient to reuse your water and waste less than it is to try and make water from the yeah. sea,
0: for example. Final question from Glenn on Twitter, uh, who says, if forest green are promoted, are you having a party and are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I love that phrase. Are you buying?
1: I think the answer to both those questions is yes, actually. Yeah. Uh, but and, and the first part, the proposition, the if, I, I kind of, you know, I think we might be, I, I shouldn't say it out loud. So I'll stop there. No, but there's a lot of
0: things would have to go very badly yeah. wrong in many component parts for that not to happen. I that's think that's right. a fair assessment. That's right. The way
1: I look at it, to not finish in the top three, we would have to have a relegation performance from here on in, one point per game. And two or three other clubs would have to have a league-winning performance, two points per game, for the rest yeah. of the season, 16 games. Yeah. Neither of those two things are going to happen. So you've not thought about that scenario? No, not <laughs> much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love, that. I love the working out of that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I think we all do it. it, depending on which team you follow. You just think, well, if they lost the next seven games and we won the next seven games, yeah. so all of these kind of permutations, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the laws of average sort of almost preclude that, that very scenario.
1: What I, what I heard the other day amused me. I don't, I don't know why they've done it, but bookies have been paying out. Uh, anybody that had a bet at the start of the season that Forest Green would win the league, uh, bookies yeah. have been paying them out.
0: Why did, I've never understood that about, I don't understand betting. It's not a world I, yeah. I, I, I you know, when people, go, oh, yeah, it's five to two on. I think, well, what does that even mean? <laughs> but when they talk about paying out early, what's the business reason? For you, you imagine they have one, don't you?
1: And I, I, you know, if it was like an accumulator or something, or if the, you know, the payout got worse for them, the longer they waited, you can understand it. Can't understand it if it's the same payout and they're just paying early because,
0: well, I mean, yeah. pays early. Well, you, why would you pay early? Just you hang on, just in case, wouldn't you? You might, you <laughs> might right. think, you know, if the yeah. the laws of probability don't stack in the way that uh, yeah. we uh, we imagine they would do, and they're in the um,
1: business of chance, aren't
0: they? Absolutely, that's true enough. Uh, yeah, maybe they just like playing dangerously. That's probably what it is. What well, we're bookmakers this is the kind of shit we do. So <laughs> yeah. could be that. Um, Dale, have a cracking week. We'll speak next week. Nice right. one. Thank you, Ian. See you later. See you later. That's it for this podcast. Episode. Of course, you can follow the podcast from your podcast provider so that you catch each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well if you want to get in touch. Very simply, you can email your comments and questions to zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And do make sure you follow Dale on social media. That's twitter.com slash Dale Vince or facebook.com slash Dale Vince. Zero Carbon East On.